Hello and welcome to the Coast Football Ramble podcast, proudly supported by Sideline Sports School at Arrow. This week we're joined by head coach Paolo Ocon, we regale about our away day draw against Sydney, and Bobo realises that he has a clown's name. I'm Jimmy and I'm joined by Josh, Sean and Morrow. How are you guys? Pretty good. Yourself? Not too bad. Hello. Just had a very quality chat with Paolo, so I hope everyone's looking forward to that. You went for it. a while, didn't it? It did. 50 minutes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So very insightful. Get a cup of tea, get comfortable, listen to Paolo. My favourite part was Riri's talking about uh, the fast food and then my... <laughs> Chips arrived. My partner arrives with some fast <laughs> food for me. <laughs> I haven't eaten all day, so that was a nice... Very good, a very good Goulburn st- story from Goulburn, that <laughs> one, though. You won't be selected this Saturday, Jimmy. Just, no. Just saying. <laughs> I'm just uh, trying to get into the office. Yeah, why is Sean here? So... Uh, <laughs> Sean literally have uh, just waiting for a mate. I've lost, locked myself out of the office, and uh, my phone's in there. And uh, Paolo had to call Jesse and tell Jesse to come in and uh, and save me. So while I got time to kill, I'm I'm here, and I got to hear the intro to start the song with. And normally only come in for an interview a bit, so I get to see the uh, the real workings. Uh, I stuffed up. By yeah, the I was going to say so two I failed. Put that at the end. Or was it three? You need to put that at the end, please. Put that at the end. <clears throat> I'm still eating my burger. <laughs> right, walkout song. Come on, Aaron, this is when you're a teenager, surely. <laughs> I know the song. I don't know the artist. What a tune. I'm just trying this to think of This isn't the version I was after. Whose wedding? Church. Who's getting married? Oh. I don't know. I don't want to announce it. You can if you want. You what? Say, I, I, heard, think, I heard a rumour, but yeah. it's, a, it's not for me to throw it out there. <laughs> That's but what I was just but, thinking. But, but, uh, but yeah, Aaron's getting married again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quality. No, I'm Bloody getting married, guys. Woohoo! Congratulations, oh. Jimmy. Make, making the same mistake and twice, Jess. mate. I'm just joking. Just so, a, so who sings that? Do we, do we know the artist? No, no, it's going to the chapel. This isn't the artist I was after. This one is... Tuz... What the... F- <laughs> Terzit Mundwork. Mm, speak to me like that. <laughs> it's, definitely, it's I've definitely it's heard of them before. Nah. Als Gaste Bio Trio. Do you know what year this Spanish is on point there. This is, no, it's German, I think. Oh. Uh, this is... Not the artist I was after, but uh, I was after the 60s version. But the 60s it'll version? Do. I, yeah. was, I was born in the late 60s, Sean, so I nearly missed it. There you go. Well, <coughs> can't wait for the invite to the wedding. It's going to be fun. Get, get a few Mariners boys there. Yeah, mm. it's going to be a little little thing. Nice. Congratulations. Are we Congratulations. Have inflatables at the wedding? <laughs> get some palm trees we'll in. <laughs> uh, right, Fred's question. Uh, something a little bit different this week, and I want the listeners to think about this as well. What, in your opinion, makes football so beautiful? What a beautiful question from a beautiful man. Not the VAR. <laughs> Just getting in early. What I think makes it beautiful is that the game is so easy to play, yet it is so hard to master. You I can play it anywhere. 
You can play it anywhere. You can play it with two people. You can play it with odd numbers. You can do whatever you want. You can play without goals. You can play with goals. It is an incredible game. For me, I'm still... I'm. My age is almost well documented, but despite my extended years, I'm still learning how to play the game. Every week, yeah. I screw something up differently than I did last week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no better at the game, but I'm still... And I think that makes it beautiful. I think my opinion on football is that I like to think I have a very good knowledge of it, but I feel like I'm always learning something new about the game, especially tactically. Obviously, we just had Paolo in and he talked tactically about what he did, thinking it's like a different layer of thinking about the game, which I which I like. So I think that definitely makes it beautiful. And obviously, I think one-touch goals are pretty good too. Sure. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think there's a bit of emotion in when you strike a ball well, when you make the right pass, when you control uh, a, a ball that comes to you. That, that There's an actual emotion with that. And, and when it comes right, when, when, it, when, the, uh, when you're intending to do something that's so difficult uh, and you achieve that, and it's, uh, there is something magical and beautiful about that. And, and, uh, and you just really admire when, um, when, uh, when those uh, out there can do stuff that we can't. So I don't think any other game in the world gives you sort of 90 minutes of highs and lows, ups and downs every game. Um, obviously, with this club, <laughs> it's been a few lows, a few more lows maybe than highs in the past few years, but it's still been good. You, and I think it's a bit of like tribalism as well when you pick your club. You bleed hey. for your club. Sorry, the, my, my keys are here. So. <laughs> Sean <laughs> just wants to get out of here. Je- Jesse's walked into the room. He's, he's, uh, he's, Rescuers he's have arrived. <laughs> I'm going to come back in two seconds. I'm literally just going to make sure I get my keys and I'll be back in two seconds. All good. <laughs> um, yeah, like anyone can play the game too. Like look at a sport like basketball where you pretty much, you know, need to be six foot to play. And then you look at football. I know it's, it's sad to see that a lot of academies and a lot of, um, I don't know, professional teams are sort of shying away from people that are under, say, 5'8", five, 5'9", five, but... Anyone can play. Um, Lionel Messi is five oh, foot seven. I know. The best player, maybe <clears throat> in the history of the game, is under five foot eight. So that philosophy just makes no sense to me. Yeah, but you can under, sort of understand that if they want to fill a certain position, like a centre back. I think that's fine. At... But if you sort of say anyone, like an attacking midfielder, for example, has to be over five eight, then that doesn't really make sense. But yeah. if it's a centre back, then that makes a bit more sense. Philip Lahm. Yeah. Defensive mid, left back, incredible player. Or well, even Barrow for us. Barrow's only, what, 5'11"? Barrow's very small f- compared to other centre-backs. I think well, the only tall player we have is Golic, who's, what, 6'3"? I yeah. think a lot of... Because I think what I've said on this podcast a lot is we've got a very small team besides Golic. So, yeah, anything that people say that you've... In a certain position, you've got to be a certain height, I think, means nothing. It's all, it's, all yeah. about, it's all about the skill of... It's all about skill. It's not about height. I know, I know the question is about <clears throat> what makes it the beautiful game, but there's so much I love about this game. Um, just from friends that I've made. Well, I've had a friend since I was in kindergarten. We, uh, we went to different high schools, and the only way we kept together was football, and we're still best mates. I think and, that's um, definitely true. Like, obviously, I met a lot of my good friends through football, like doing this podcast going to every, all the Mariners games, having a bit of fun. I think it's sometime, like sometimes because of this season, I felt like it's been a lot more 
seeing mates than the actual game as well. So getting to see your mates and watching the football, having a common goal, having a common interest in the Mariners and wanting us to win, it's really, really good. I travelled um, through Europe and I stopped off in <clears throat> this town in the middle of the Alps in Switzerland and uh, I walked up and I found a football pitch and there were a couple of guys that were kicking the ball around. I just joined and we had a game. Simple as that. It's That's amazing. why it's the world game because everyone knows it. Yeah. But it's a shame that a lot of people in this country have their interests in other sports, but that's what's that's what happens in Australia with such a crowded sporting market because we're a nation of sport lovers. Right. Um, well, Fred's also asked another question. Do you want me to ask it or not? I can't remember what it is now. According to the A-League Stats Centre, this season there have been 241 goals but 347 yellow cards. Is refereeing too strict on... The clubs, apart from Sydney, I have nothing for those particular statistics. I think it's, honest, uh, it's a good, it's a good question, I, but I'm not. It's I, I, not. I can it, offer yeah. it a little bit. It's yeah. since uh, there was a um, there was a bit of social media that went around a couple of weeks ago, and that really flagged, yeah, the amount of uh, yellows that Sydney were the getting. outlying statistic. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. So since then, if you did that now, it started to <coughs> um, started to level out. Apart from our game on the weekend, coincidentally, yes. So and coincidentally, um, and, and actually. <laughs> I actually spoke to uh, to Greg O'Rourke today, um, and he, he's actually conducted a review of the VAR decisions that were being made. And uh, and Greg, I hope you're listening to this because I promise you I wouldn't tell anyone. Um, but um, he said out of all the VAR decisions that were made, they believe that there was only one that was really wrong, which was against us with McGing. And then there were five incidences across the A-League where the VAR should have stepped in and it didn't, and two of them were against us. And uh, and the other two were against Adelaide, and I don't know which the other one was. So, and uh, one of them was the one when Hull's foot got stepped on, and another one there was yep. an, there was an offside, um, yeah, there were for a goal against us that uh, that should have been called on VAR. So, so um, so in one aspect, yeah, they are looking at, at those stats, uh, yeah, in, in infinite detail, um, and um, and there was a big push from um, from them at the start of the year. To get more playing time, so uh, I know AFC have have regularly done mm-hmm. the uh, the sixty minutes that's yep. there, and as a result, that is that has pushed the you know, the, uh, the injury times that you're seeing now blowing out to five and seven minutes instead of the stock standard you know one minute half time three minutes of full, full time uh, that's there. So um, yeah, I don't know if that answers the question, but yeah, some interesting stuff. Is there anything that Greg talks about that uh, he uh, thinks that the VAR could improve on? Um, Look, I suppose you know they're pretty invested in the VAR, and he's normally having to respond to a tirade. They of are Maccas from me, so uh, look, you know, uh, the E League started soon, so I'm excited to see uh, what sponsor they got for the E League. Um, <laughs> Doritos. So. Is that going to have VAR? <laughs> KFC. So, um, Wear a bucket hat. Yeah, but uh, look, you know, they they're, they're working on it. They um, like other leagues across the world, around the world. They know they don't have it right, but um, but yeah, they are. They're trying to understand uh, themselves as much as understand how to apply the VAR. Right, on to Mariners topics. Azrabal has said goodbye and Mariners and Gianu might say hello. Well, it's definitely an upgrade if it, if it comes off. I think Sean's the one to, to ask here about Gianu. Um, obviously, we, we asked Paolo before and you'll hear this, hear this one, hear that answer, I should say, a bit later. Um, Sean? 
Yeah, well, that's why I was so keen to get in my office because I left my phone there and I was <laughs> I was hoping to see some some missed calls, but um, unfortunately there wasn't any uh, that, that I was hoping uh, to receive right now. So we are waiting with bated breath. We've um, yeah, we're throwing our hat in the ring. We're doing the, every little thing that we can, and yeah, credit to uh, to Mike Charlesworth for allowing us to to have a really good crack. And um, let's see, let's see. You know, might wake up tomorrow morning and read the paper that it's it's yeah he's on the plane, or uh, might wake up and it not happened, or might have to keep waiting. So, but at the end of the day, we got till the end of the month. We got till thirty-one January, and um, uh, as you hear from Paolo, I think uh, personally, I, I hope that um, uh, that the player looks at this and goes, "This is a great opportunity for him." So, well, what I was going to ask was, is, is there enough time to get the deal done before thirty-first? Yeah, you can do a deal in twenty-four hours. Okay, yep. yeah. You can get extensions if they're already ongoing, can't you? Um, you can get enough paperwork done to get you through. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's correct. Yep. So. Yeah. Can I ask whether we searched the world and no. found a not? Can't ask. You go for it. Okay, sorry. Um, whether we searched the world and discovered that Janu was in this situation and this might be a good thing for us, or whether or not his agent um, is looking around for somewhere for him to be other than here, so he can get himself in the World Cup frame. So. Yeah. Look. Um, look. Whilst he um, definitely got flagged, um, we were unaware of his situation with the Chinese club and then the agents definitely helped that 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 you know got us into a position that we knew we could have a strong conversation so um, because left to his own devices he's a contracted player he's on big dollars you know you, you generally don't get too optimistic about those so but um, but you know yeah yeah he's um, there's there's definitely uh, through no lack of trying um, to, to find us um, options now in, in what was a, a sudden um, you know change for us with uh, with Astrobal. Have you been down to the stadium to look at the new screen? Yes, yes. Have I was you tested the, the new speakers? I was at the stadium yesterday. No, the guys who installed the speakers weren't there at the time, so I haven't heard the sound, but I've seen the pictures. Uh, the screen's definitely nice and big, and the um, the um, the pixels are fantastic. So even quite close, you know, you get a really good clarity. So I reckon we're gonna we're gonna really be you know, um, given a given a great insight or a great vision. Uh, for for the big screen, um, much much better than what we've had before. So it's um, so it's great. I'm 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 really excited. It's big. It works. It's brand new. So um, so yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing it in full action. And starts off the first vision is a uh, is an E League competition. Uh, is the first thing that will officially be played up on the big screen. So are you in that, Josh? Hmm? <laughs> e League. <laughs> In so. the A League, oh no! Well, that's why I'm here. I, I, if I was in the A League, I'd be at the Leagues Club right now. That's oh, okay, right. that's true. Yes. Can't really promote that. Podca- yet, podcast we? over FIFA all day. <coughs> Dedication. Um, this Saturday's game v Brisbane is our inflatable day beach party in Bay 16. It is the original and the best 13th annual inflatable day in the Bay. So bring inflatables down. Sean, are you going to promote that for us, mate? <laughs> yes. Yes, I'll, 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 I'll order uh, twice and do, do what I need to do. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I remember it last year. It was fantastic. I remember there was a... It was a big turd or something like that that was there. It was. Big. was. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I can't wait to see what the hell you guys come up with this year. So uh, yeah. it was a big snake. His name was Izzo. <laughs> <So>. <coughs> that was oh before yeah, we knew that. Roy was going. <laughs> yes. <coughs> yeah, and, so you coming um, down? What's that? You coming down? Yeah, I'll come down. Excellent. Yes. Um, the chats, the jets, they're just fascinated with us for some reason. Have you noticed this? I've noticed their incessant tagging. They've they, after oh eight years of after eight years of silence. All of a sudden, they get a bit of positivity about them, and they're all over us like a rash. 
If you don't know what we're talking about, it was uh, the Jets did an inflatable day last week, and um, obviously we did. We're doing ours this week, and they've all come to the conclusion that we've copied them. But I thought you were. Sorry. I thought that's what happened. <laughs> of course we are. Is. No, Sorry to say, we've been, season one. we've been doing it since season one. So, so, so you're not copying. copying it feels as if they're some they of their tifos and their flags and stuff that they do as well. And oh no, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love we, their tifo. We copied West Sydney with the "Who Do We Sing For" as well, yeah, despite that, been doing that. Since we just, we just steal everything. The jury's still out on who invented football, them or or uh, Western Sydney. But you know, they invented the Poznan as well. Get it right? Of course mate. they did. Yeah. They invented kebabs. <laughs> anyway, um, I woke up last night to relieve myself and I had an instant thought. Newcastle fans are like cicadas where they're buried underground for seven years and then when they come out, they annoy the <laughs> shit out of you. <laughs> You've got a point. I can't argue with it. They're definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are like cicadas that... They're special in their own right, though, aren't they? Yeah. That's why you can make jokes like we're being made before about Tifo and Banner, because someone needs to explain to them what that, that is. That Tifo was awful. Didn't they do that in season two? That yeah. That was, was a bed spread the on flag. the con, <coughs> con's bed or something, and they brought it, <laughs> <laughs> it out for a pullover. Uh, the Mariners Academy and the Central Coast United fixtures have been released as well. Um, our first game is on the 11th of March at 6 o'clock at Plume Park. That's the academy. Uh, so come on, come on down. Won't be very Get cold or foggy at that stage, will it, March? No. You've got to wait until July for that. Yeah, it's going to be balmy special then. Mm. So the academy only have 11 out of 27 games at home. Um, do you know anything about that, why that is the case, Sean? Oh, look, there's definitely um, – yeah, our academy's growing. Uh, fields are difficult. Uh, there's there's a um, there's a lot of traffic on Plume, uh, that's for sure, and there's uh, there's a limit of uh, of quality field. So I know all those things all sort of um, tying together, uh, and we keep yeah we keep working. So each each season's different, and I, I'm not across the, the the finer details. So those sort of numbers were first I'd heard, but I know that uh, Ken Chimber is, uh, is is working very hard in the academy space to make sure they've all got the resources that they need. Mm-hmm. And United are at home every other Saturday. That's 11 out of 22 games for them. I think their first game kicks off the same time as our home game against Sydney. Okay. Which is a bit strange. Ah, the, the two things aren't ever done in combination. <coughs> I, I believe football in New South Wales do the job. They've got you know, thousands and thousands of games across the uh, state to, to book in. So yeah, I would yeah. hate to do that job. Yes. Right, we still have the Howdyism shirts for sale. The final day of sale is meant to be Australia Day. But I reckon we might push it back one day to the, the game against Raw on Saturday. They're $30. It's a stained glass uh, print of Hiadier on the back. And on the front just says Hiadierism. And uh, yeah, they're great. Go onto the Facebook page, uh, send us a message, and uh, we'll put your shirt aside for you. Now, around the league, Milligan has, well, he doesn't know where he's staying or where he's going, does he? Should I stay or should I go? Good song. I, I, I thought he had a uh, he had a pretty decent offer, but uh, the club won't let him go. So that was the last. That's the thing second I read. time. Yeah. That's happened. I think that's fair enough. He's a pretty vital player for him, and you don't want to lose him going into finals, last ten games of the season, and then finals. Yeah. So can't really blame them for not letting him go. I agree. I don't know why they would. Now Graham Arnold has decided to stay at Sydney FC and not take the Socceroos job. For the meantime, we do speak to Paolo about this. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts? Good. 
<laughs> Why? Because I don't like Arnie's grumpy demeanour for do a Socceroos coach. And He's sadly, an I've always Ange, felt Ange started out as a good coach and he had a good demeanour and he was always, you know, he looked respectable and was respectful in his press conferences and so forth. By the time he got to that last one... He's he an looked, FFA puppet. He was a sulking Arnie. Yeah. Like, he's turned into someone the, the, else. I think the job made him go senile. Yeah. yeah. So like Arnie's already senile, so yeah. He's, yeah. I think he's perfect candidate for it. The question I got, so let's say we get a foreign <laughs> coach and he comes and he does a great job and he gets us through to the quarterfinals um, and he loves it and he loves and he wants to stay. What happens then? I'm good with that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, 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 but, I want but, that. But Arnie's already, you know, touted <clears> to have been taken over after, you know, after the World Cup. I'm, I don't know how this plays out. So, so plenty of questions. So it's obvious that Arnie wants to stay the season with Sydney and then take over post-World Cup, but where does that leave us for the World Cup? Who's Asian gonna... Cup 2007. That's all I need to say. Well, he's surely Shambles. a better coach now than he was 10 years ago. Is he a better human being, though? No idea. No. <laughs> All these questions are going to be answered by those uh, stars at the top who are running our game. Just sort of let's lock that in there. Uh, Rossi gave Hoffman a um, unusual handshake, you might say. Snake shake. A painful, snake a painful, hand- yeah, snake shake. A very painful handshake, that is. <laughs> uh, well. uh, will he get best and fairest now? Maybe if uh, the best and fairest was for ball handling. Well, Sackwack got it that year. <laughs> I have nothing for this. <laughs> this is your territory, mate. Balls. <laughs> <laughs> really? Um, Seb Ryle has left Sydney to pursue a career outside of football. Some are speculating it's to run a childcare centre. <laughs> oh. I had nothing. Areas. I had nothing for the last sledge. I can't come up with anything for that. Crikey! <laughs> right, reviews. Raw Perth. Raw got up three two. <clears throat> Damn. I don't know whether to like that or not like that because Perth they've taken the elevator to the basement of the way they're going at the moment. They'll be mm. doing a reverse Willy Wonka in that ele- elevator. So the draw the was the best. Of the draw was the best result for us. So that, that late it. winner wasn't wasn't very helpful, but. Raw for for us this week are definitely more than beatable, especially with their game tonight, because they have a game tonight as on recording Tuesday night against a team I've no idea the name of, but I know they're playing tonight. Some Filipino team, um, Cerezo, something like that. Cerez, yeah, something like that. And uh, and I think the uh, the bigger challenge for them is um, is is following us. So after us, they yeah they got to get to. They've got to get over to China. If they if they win tonight, then they'll uh, then they'll play us, and then on Tuesday they've got to be in China. So um, so uh, so pretty much you know, after our game, jumping on a plane headed to China because they've got to be there for for uh, match day minus one on the Monday. So um, so that's a pretty hectic schedule, and um, it was interesting to see Paolo's reaction as uh, as as he left off air, and we uh, uh, sort of spoke about it. He, um, that's a real challenge for them. They can't really go three games, you know. Uh, uh, at a hammer and tongs, so um, it'd be interesting to see the side they put out against us. Hmm. But Hopefully yeah, it's a B team. Yeah, so we'll see how we go. As long as we get the three points, and um, but yeah, something's up with Perth, huh? Something's not right there. I can't yeah. believe he's still in, in a job. To be honest, like it's was yeah. that five, six losses in a row now? Was it? It hasn't just been the fact that they're losses. It's been the style of a couple of them, mm. like you know, and the the leaky defence. Thirty six goals conceded in seventeen games. That's mm. terrible. There just seems to be at times a missing care factor. And yeah, that's. I'm glad that we're not them. West Sydney victory. West Sydney. Oh, sorry, victory winning that three 0 
pretty comprehensive win for the victory. Wanderers didn't seem to really turn up of what I saw of it. No. Pretty pretty decent goals from Barbarousas, mm. especially the third one Lucky victory. It, lucky it wasn't uh, a close game, though, because um, Leroy George was offside before the uh, Barisha goal. And the same the yeah. same picture that they used to show that he was onside showed him offside. So <laughs> thanks VAR. Yes. Appreciate that. Yeah. Joke. Luckily it wasn't a close game. Jets Knicks. Knicks doing us a favour and winning three two. Well they did us a favour by beating our biggest rival, but then they didn't as well because it means that they As long as we keep winning two Josh, points in we'll front. Be right, mate. <laughs> what are they, oh, not two points in front, I should say two points behind us still, so this weekend is a must win for us, I think. Yeah, but we can't let Jets win. They can show how it's... See, I'm conflicted about this result. It was good that they lost, but then Wellington got three points and two, point, two points away It'd from be us. Right. So. It'd be all right. <laughs> Going full optimist, are you? <laughs> they showed us how it's possible. They were clinical. And people who can be, can beat the Jets. It was good to see the old Jets return. Hopefully it continues for the rest of the season. Mm. Right, CCM Sydney draw one all. I think we could have had this. Well, we should have had this. Two penalties. On, Everyone would have taken a, a draw before we got yeah. in the car to go there. But it, as we walked out, it felt like one of those, you know, we got the draw, but felt like a loss a bit because felt we could have taken it's the funny, game. It's funny how football works. The 2-2 against City was one where we thought we probably could have lost it. But then the next week, as another draw. It's the same result, but we felt like we should have won. Mm. So I thought we should have probably won the game. I think the, 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 cutback, the cutback from Appiah that was needed to give to Hull would have would have gave, given us a win, so that was unfortunate. But or young Wales's finish that Wales didn't quite did, get that, there. That that miss was a massive one, especially because it was so close to half time. If that if he puts that in, we're two 0 up at half time. The confidence just goes sky high, and it's pretty hard for Sydney even at home to come back into the game. Very. I think that shot was a lot harder than what it looked like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It came no, to him no. quickly. Yeah. 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 At shin height. No disrespect for it. Like, the thing and he wasn't expecting it. Like, no. it looked yeah. like the, the play had broken down. It yeah. was all over. Yeah. It was, you and know. as Sean was saying before, the players do things on the pitch that we could only ever dream that we could get near doing, you know? And so, mm. so when they have near misses like that, then uh, it's their near misses so far from anywhere any of us could get to. <laughs> it's a bit harsh to, to feel bad about that, you know? He, I, I, would have had an air, I would have had an air swing. <laughs> I would have been five You'd have been stuck on no half chance way. again there. <laughs> <laughs> he was there and he'll finish the next one. No, we had a lot of fun in the bay. Um, actually, I need to remember all the people that we saw down there. Right. Um, Who? Well, Were you okay. giving a shout out to the proclaimers? No, go. yeah, the proclaimers. <laughs> I'll do that in a second. Um, Darren actually came up and spoke to you and Luke on New Year's Eve and gave you some beers, didn't he? Uh, Darren Hart, wasn't it? Was is that his last name? I can't um, remember. You were the one who spoke to him. Yeah, Paul? shout out to him for he's a listener. He came up. I was yeah, I wasn't in the the most sober state of mind on New Year's <laughs> Eve. But thanks for the free beers, mate. Appreciate it. Any any bloke that gives you a free beer is a mate for life. I reckon. Yeah. Um, I, we spoke to Jesse. Met Jesse down there, and uh, and Declan, and uh, also Ben, who uh, listened to the show. It's um great to chat to you uh, it seems to be sydney away that um our listeners come up and introduce themselves and feel free to yeah. say hello if you recognize us anytime feel free to say hello if it's this week or whenever you know we, we like when we get feedback from listeners it's always it's always nice to hear when people say oh i listen to the pod and they enjoy it which you know we do it for a bit of fun and it's good to see people listen to it as well 
Um, but yeah, I hope um, some people took our advice and went down there just to watch the game. And ended up, you know, almost getting a win watching our team. So it's it's a lot of fun going down there, especially you know the the crawl up. No, for Vaux Street, I'm not going to say it. I enjoy the walk up for Vaux Street, but um, <laughs> yeah, it is a lot of fun. The walk straight up the hill isn't most fun in 30 degrees, but Sydney away, it's mm. always one of the best yeah. best away trips of the year. I'm too old. I've got to show for mate. Forget that. <laughs> What do you think we did right? We put an incredible amount of pressure on O'Neill and Brillante press. again. We, we pressed them and that's, they, we put them under pressure and that's what teams haven't been doing. They've had, there's been so many games where they've had the ball, they've had possession under no pressure where we played well. I think our fitness level showed that we were pretty fit and that we pre- were able to press them for most of the game. And Brillante and O'Neill didn't have the best games at all. So yeah, I think we they, won. they had gastro. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was that seemed like a massive excuse at the end of the game. That was a cop out. For me, I know we're obviously biased, but I thought Tom controlled midfield all night. Yeah. Shut Brilliante and O'Neill down the whole and, night. And Melling, to be and, fair, Melling and Melling yeah, played well as well. Yep, they were they were really good in the midfield, dominated there, and most importantly, they they didn't give Brillante and O'Neill time, which meant that they really, even when they made balls, they weren't effective balls. Mm-hmm. Um, so that then meant that there was always pressure on other players that they were trying to make balls to because all of the balls were made hurriedly and plus they had gastro. <laughs> uh, our centre-backs were fantastic. I thought Barra was excellent. And, and yeah, they're, they're really working each other yeah, really well now. They, they know how each other are playing and uh, to come up against the attack that they had and there were some really hairy moments. There some really quality uh, plays thrown at them and they... Um, I thought they were fantastic. Exactly. I thought there were many times where we won the ball back when usually Sydney are able to get away. But yeah. we were able to shut down their transition pretty well as well. The amount so of interceptions we had. There was so many in- interceptions. We were, reading the, we were reading the game really, really well. And that was able to frustrate them. And, you know, unfortunate that they got that goal. It was probably that one, one little moment lapse of concentration is how they scored. But, you know, a draw against Sydney away is... Um, Pretty good when you'd, you'd take it, but you still think that we could have won as well. And we had lots of positives. There would have been lots of positives to talk about. Like, yeah, I, we just talked about um, young Lockie Wales missing the goal, but uh, every time we won the ball back. He was getting in between the lines. He's really getting well. in between the lines, and not only that, he's getting the ball. So we're making the pass. Mm. We've got the confidence to give it to him. He's put himself in the position, and he he's kept drifting, picking the he's ball. Drifting, up. You're drifting into that 10 position a lot, trying to get the ball and yeah. tr- try and create something. And he really was able to, you know, get control of the ball in there at times, which I didn't really expect against the opposition. That's tough. On I've him, been surprised. Surprised about how well he stepped up to A League because with the youth league, I you know he I don't think he was playing that great at youth level, but as soon as he's come up to the A League, I think he's adapted pretty well and he's played very well. And yeah, what is a bit disgusting. He has been training with the first team, so he might yeah. be out of touch with the rest of the boys. But yeah. al- but also that's been a big shift in our change in our NYL, so where mm. the focus had kind of gone away from. Uh, results and much more about making sure that our NYL is training in line. So, even with uh, with young Kakeris, who uh, who was close to uh, to getting a start as well, the um, there's a lot more confidence now that when a player steps up from NYL that they can slot straight in to the to the system and the processes. They know what they're doing. It's the same same thing that's that's following through. And I think that that's uh, Lockie's a good example of, of of the change in our philosophy there at at, at NYL level. And he kept the the uh, good uh, set piece deliveries coming after uh, some really good mm-hmm. ones against City recently. So um, that was no flash in the pan. That's clearly what he can deliver. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and such a good game to watch in person. And Bobo, I thought it was. A, I thought it was a good game. It was yeah. a very good game to watch. So and Bobo many, is a clown's name. Yeah, so many good things. He uh, he was getting a bit frustrated. Was he? He was. Yes. So well, I mean, I had, I had <laughs> heard story time, mate. Uh, I, I had heard. Uh, I could definitely hear that there was uh, there was plenty of banter. Um, you know, from the actives, from our our guys to, to him, and uh, when when I popped into the base second half, a few people were saying, "Yeah, we could, yeah, we were really able to, uh, to to get under his skin a little bit." And then um, after the match, right at the end, I was actually leaving the stadium with with Monty, and uh, and Bobo was coming out, and uh, yeah, we said hi, how are you going, and all that, and, uh, and he was sort of you know. Um, yeah, uh, a bit, a bit sort of straight and calm. And but I said to him, I said, "Oh, mate, I heard heard that the supporters got got under your skin a little bit." They, and you could see the look on his face had sort of changed in his demeanour. Like, like, what the hell are you asking? And I said, "Oh no, I just just got a bit of feedback and notice." And he goes, oh, yeah, 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 "They're funny, aren't they? Funny." And then he walked off. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, so, uh, what do you mean I'm funny? <laughs> uh, I don't think he thought it was funny on the pitch. Just uh. saying. <laughs> He definitely heard it because I think it was it was definitely a good good call for whoever did it just to get behind the screen and try and get that echo going and I think like Sean said yeah you could hear us pretty well on mm. the on the sideline so to be fair yeah. though that is some of the most risky banter I have ever been a part especially of. especially with the top sco- oh. top scorer in the league as well yeah. I when, guess you got to try anything to put him off when he you? put that one in the net offside. Then, oh, that was oh. fun. That was really fun. <laughs> the picture of him jumping the fence to come and visit us <laughs> was coming. I was expect- yeah, if he scored down our end, I was expecting the, the shush celebration. <laughs> but luckily it didn't happen down our end. But he still scored, unluckily, unluckily for us. We did briefly discuss the possibility of him running the length of the field to have it out. Don't by all. <laughs> but thankfully that didn't happen. I think one thing we should mention as well is that we did pretty well to contain Mizoeski. For most of the game, oh yeah, definitely. Because he, for me, oh, for me, he's probably the best player in the league. I think Mizerski, we, we on form he is, and I think that we did pretty well to shut him down. Because probably the assist was the one time where we were probably a bit loose and we sort of let him get away. But other times he looked, definitely looked frustrated because we were, like we said before, intercept. We were intercepting a lot of passes, and um, the transition from from them was getting disrupted, unlike most teams could do this season. So. Again, I think we showed the rest of the league what you can do to counteract Sydney and try and beat them. So that's four points from six against Sydney this season, which no one else can say they have that points total against Sydney after two games. Probably his problem was that he came up against another godlike player. Mm. Oh, from our team. Oh, yeah. And, and, Gola, and like Sean said, Golik and Barra were both fantastic and they were. were shutting everything down and just that one one goal, which was unfortunate that happened, but everything else they shut down perfectly well. Shout out to the Proclaimers as well who showed up. <laughs> <laughs> I know Debo, I don't know the other guy, but um, yeah, that's it, ringer. Yep, yeah. doppelganger for sure. Yeah, we were singing uh, 500 miles quite a few times. Good number of uh, YA merch shirts. Oh, that photo, I like that photo. Yeah, getting Some of my favourite Mariners fans photos now. Um, Sunday, City versus Adelaide. City winning that five nil dominant display. Flogging, mm. absolute flogging. Mm. It was it was only two nil. I think at the eightieth minute, so City scored three goals in the last twenty because there was ten minutes of added time. Unfortunately, due to Atkinson with a pretty horrible injury, he's um, pretty he landed very badly on his ankle and was down for a while. So hopefully he's okay and wish him a speedy recovery. But 
City way too good. Adelaide sort of crumbled at the end and... Oh, took that, two stunning goals. Oh, oh yeah, Vitis, Vitisic's third, <laughs> oh. the Vitisic's goal, and then McCormack's, McCormack. McCormack's last goal. Wow, what a bomb. <laughs> uh, that was yeah, amazing. Yeah. So I'm just replaying the way the, the way that he just did that off one step from 25 yards out. That's the, I guess, the championship, yeah. championship quality that he has to do, to get that much power off one step was pretty impressive. Anyway, um, upcoming, we'll just do that now. Quick fire round. Uh, City Jets. City. 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 Yeah. Victory, Sydney. Victory. Oh, that's going to be a you good, reckon? That's gonna yeah, be a good I, game. I tell you what. I'm going from, with Sean. From this. what we've seen of yeah. victory, like if you think of our last the four back games, form. you know, uh, victory was the one that, that we that we struggled with. Even though we got the, uh, got the draw against them, the... Um, yeah, yeah, I reckon victory are looking pretty scary. Two draws in a row for Sydney. I'm going to sit on the fence and say draw. I'm going to say Gastro's going to win. <laughs> I'm going to say high-scoring high draw. It could be <laughs> flu versus Gastro. I hope so. Yeah. Right, Nick's Adelaide. Oh, that's going to be a stinker, I reckon. Because Adelaide are in such fine form. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm well, going to say... They get some key players back from the under-23s. That uh, yeah. Yeah, that they that they did need. So I'm gonna. Well, I think they did all right without them. Apart from the five nil flogging. Yeah, apart from that one. Hmm. Draw. I'm I I won a draw, but I'm thinking Wellington are going to win. So that then means that the game after, we have to beat the Raw. Yeah, we'll go for a draw. Knicks. Um, CCM Raw. I think it's a very very this. good chance to win this game. We should be able to do I think this. we should be winning this game. Yeah, we against, can, we can especially do against a Raw, which would probably be under strength. A full house. Their ACL qualification. So I reckon this I is the most important it. game of our season. It's Absolutely. This one here. This, well, is, this is where you need to, need to snap the trend. Squeaky, squeaky bum time. And in yeah. combination with the fact that we've got Western Sydney the following week at home two weeks in a row, yep. we lose those two, we're in deep trouble. We win those two, we're deep in I the think six. getting four points out of our next two games is good. Getting six points would be ideal. But I think this week, We'll be winning. Wanderers probably be a little bit tougher test, I think, than the Raw will be. But I think I think we're winning this this weekend. I'm co- I'm actually confident, which is a weird thing to say going into a game. But I think we we I think we'll win this game. No, I think we'll do it too. It's been a long time since we've uh, beaten Brisbane uh, convincingly, isn't it? It's been yeah. it's been yeah. it's been a while since Brisbane have been pretty dodgy. Yeah, I'm just trying, been to, so trying good to think the so last long. time we actually beat them. There was a long time there where we tended to draw them every game. Mm. Yeah. And then they they had the wood over us at home for a while, didn't they? Yep. I think they were one of the best teams in the league to come to our ground and, and get points. So hopefully we can turn that around and get pretty vital three points. There's, what, 10 games to go? So every point from now on is pretty vital. Craig, Craig Moore's finals. last game with the club. He's actually coming down. It's quite interesting. I spoke to Craig Moore. Uh, a couple of days ago, and um, yeah, and he'd handed in his notice there at the club. Was what's he doing? Frustrated with a few things. Uh, he's got nothing planned. He's um, yeah, he's just leaving the club because he's not happy with uh, with a few things. He's very proud of the academy that they've set up. And do they um, start with A and end in I? Um, and there's two of them. No, no, no. Actually, no. That's that's uh, <laughs> that, that's not it. So um, yeah, no. It's more back of house stuff. And um, but he's coming to the game and. Yeah, quite interesting that uh, you'd still travel with the team after you've given your resignation, but I don't know. Random, hopefully random fact hopefully we can send him off with a loss. You had to give four weeks notice, is that the deal? Uh, I think it was only two. I think he's given oh, okay. two weeks notice and that's the end of it. So. Hmm. Right, uh, Perth, West Sydney. 
West Sydney, something's wrong at Perth. Yeah, West Sydney. Uh, Perth are at it's home, so I always, I it's always, always difficult to travel. It's always, yeah, I always think Perth are going to have the edge at home, even if they're going terribly. I'm going to sit on the fence again and say draw. West Sydney weren't the best either. No, but Perth, there's something wrong. Two teams, <laughs> two teams way. Two, I think there's other than two Kenny. teams way out of form. Look, it, it is Tuesday, and everything seems to happen after we record this. So you never know. Kenny might be on the way out tomorrow. Actually, yeah, check the internet. I, th- I think he'll be he'll be given to the end of the season if they miss the finals. I think he's a certain goner. But that's the thing about Perth is they're one of those teams that are content with getting fifth or sixth, and then first week out of the finals they're gone. So. You know, I don't know. I'm surprised that Kenny's still in a job now because he hasn't had the best results over the past probably two, three seasons. So I don't know what it'll take to get him sacked. Anyway. He's working hard on it, whatever it is. Mm. Um, One thing before uh, we wrap this section up, do you know what the breakdown of memberships are? The breakdown of memberships? Yeah, like type of memberships, like three games. No, not off the top of my head. No, I don't. Have to ask Dan. Yeah, Dan will be the uh, the guru and all that. So. I know, but Dan's not here, though. Yeah. So, um, look, uh, if I was to guess, I reckon there's about five, five and a half thousand uh, full season members and the rest are starting to break down into three game packs. Or, okay. Um, yeah, that sort of stuff. So, hmm. um, yeah, we have had an increase in junior memberships, so the young ones, uh, more than uh, more than previous years. So, I'm pretty confident about that to yeah, give a bit of a feel. So, yeah. All right. Okay, uh, well, the panel interview's up in a second. Uh, thank you for listening. Thanks to Sean and the Mariners for Thanks. letting us use this room. Thanks for having me whilst I was locked out of the office. <laughs> game something to do. All right, uh, thank you. We'll see you at uh, on Saturday at the Brisbane game, when, and we'll be back next week. Thank you. All right, we're joined by Paolo. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, thank you. That's good. Um, now, we know that you like to fold, but um, do you keep your sauce in the cupboard or in the fridge? Uh, in the fridge. Good. Of course. Two out of two. That's what the manufacturer wants it kept. I know. Yeah. Anyway. All right, without revealing your secrets, uh, can you give us a rundown on the, the game plan that you want to play? As in... Every week or... Yes, every week. As in the last game. Or in general. Well, I think that's pretty obvious. Um, you know, dominate dominate the ball, try and control the game, um, which means, you know, probably put, sim- put simply possession-based. Um, you know, move the opposition around, wait for the right moment, penetrate and, you know, try and score, which uh, uh, has proven difficulty... Uh, or difficult in recent times, but um, you know I think uh, you know, a few teams have play, paid us a, a big, a big compliment recently by um, coming to Gosford and parking the bus. Uh, we saw Wellington play five at the back against us um, away to Melbourne City uh, probably eight weeks ago. Yeah, they sat behind the ball. Um, so I think. Uh, Nowadays, when teams face the Mariners, they, uh, they're actually changing the way they, they set up and their tactics, which, um, yeah, which I think is, uh, just shows where the, where the football team's sort of um, at at the moment and, 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 and the, big, uh, the big steps it's made. Do you have counter-tactics to break down that park-the-bus system? 
Yeah, we do. Um, it's it's not easy. It's difficult because uh, yeah. if you expose yourself to to too much, then you obviously open to uh, the counter. Open to the counter. Yeah. Um, we sort of saw that in round one against Newcastle. They they probably caught us off guard a little bit there uh, and got some really cheap goals. Albeit we probably um, didn't defend as as well as what we needed to in that game. Um, but we I think we saw uh, an example of. Um, how to deal with that when we played Newcastle uh, in the second derby um, and I think everyone you know, knows and has seen that Newcastle's a very counter-attacking team um, and I you know, looked at that game, analysed it a couple of times and I don't think Newcastle even had a shot on goal other than Petrados in the first half which went wide and then yep. obviously the, the two goals. Um, and the fact that at the, at the same time we were able to create a number of chances, yet we didn't convert them. Um, but we dealt with uh, uh, an opponent where we, we knew we were going to dominate the ball, we had to break them down, and we did that. Um, but we were also ready to counter their counter-attack um, by the way we positioned ourselves, by the way we positioned fullbacks, um, And... Yeah, we deserve those three points that day. Yeah, look, yeah, I look, I, you know, it's, it's a really frustrating evening um, because I think up until that red card, we were we were cer- certainly worthy of uh, of being the team that, that that should have deserved to to win. But yep. um, you know, I think we saw again that night that uh, you know some big decisions, big moments have gone against us, which have, which ultimately have, you know, cost us points. But you know, if you look at it. Through, uh, you know, if, if you let's say you want to put your coach's hat on and, and not as a, a real fan, um, when you look at that game, there were so many positives from it. Um, it you know, what was just missing, the result, and, and, and that's a frustrating part, uh, part of it. So we have had ups and downs throughout the season, and many of them are fairly well documented. We might touch on them a bit after this, but we're here now. And uh, we maybe things are settling down a little bit for us. Um, where do you? How do you think we can impact on the rest of the season? And where do you think we can finish? Do you think we can break into the top six? I guess is the underlying question there. Yeah. Look, I, I I'm a bit sort of superstitious and and uh, um, sort of refuse to look at the ladder. Um, I have enough people around me reminding me of where we sit. And at the moment, if I'm not mistaken, it's three points out of out of the top six. Um, so. You know, it's it's certainly there to play for. Um, you know, when I think we've we've seen over the past uh, month where we've played four of the uh, top six teams, uh, and take out Melbourne Victory, where I believe that's probably the game where we were where we rode our luck a little bit. Um, and I thought ma- we were going to jag that, and, and <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe in the end, yeah, maybe in the end, yeah, we could have. Um, but you know, the effort and and and, uh, and the will to. Uh, to not give up was there, which was positive, but we, we probably stole a point. Um, but the other three games, uh, you know, I think that we were really worthy of the three points. Now, we, we, we don't get it, and, and again, that's the frustrating thing because we're so close. Um, but, you know, what gives us belief and confidence is if we can, you know, repeat those performances, and, and you can only hope that um, that fourth win, uh, the three points is... Is, is going to be the next game we play. Um, yeah, there's still enough enough points up for grabs to uh, up for grabs to to 
to get a spot in the six, but you know, we, we probably till now we haven't been making calculations, so I, I think it would be um, probably not in our best interest to do that. It's you know, that cliche of game by game, um, you know, understanding where we need to be better, and, and that's in front of goal. Uh, we need to take our opportunities. Um, and if we can do that, then you know we think that we can, you know, we can certainly win uh, enough games to uh, to maybe sneak in. Um, so, are you happy with Mike Charlesworth? So, as he sort of lived up to his part of the deal in supporting your need to improve the squad with signings and expenditure. Look, um, you know, it's it's a tough one because uh, I guess you you have to uh, sort of understand where the club was. A few years ago, in terms of uh, um, you know finance and the fact that you know might come in at a time where uh, the club was about to go to go under, um, from what I was told and from what I uh, understood. Um, so look, there's I don't think it's a secret we don't we don't have the resources that most A League clubs have. We don't have their budgets, uh, so we need to be creative in in other ways. Um, and that's obviously what's been, uh, um, you know, consistent over the years is giving youth an opportunity, um, which I, you know, we're, we're continuing to do. I think we have, um, if not 12 or 14 players in our on our roster under the age of 23 or 24, and I don't think there's any other A-League team that comes close to that. Lucky um, Wales, of course, breaking through and playing well. Yeah, and um, so, you know, look, Mike's certainly very, very supportive. Um, but you know we're also aware of, uh, you know how difficult it is, um, you know certainly with, uh, you know spending, um, that, you know we, we just we just can't spend what uh, what other teams do, um, so, um, you know we we don't use that as an excuse, um, but, you know we, we again we just need to keep working hard and and. Um, and make sure that we maximise maximise our squad, um, which I think that we're doing. Um, you know, I, I, if you look at uh, you know this year's roster, um, you know Anthony Golick's come in, and maybe people questioned at the start when he was signed, you know what what he was going to add to the team, and I think everyone's seen his value. Um, you know, Jake McGing at the start of the season was the player that no one wanted to see on the team sheet, and and now you know Jake's. Yeah, done extremely well, and and uh, is probably keeping Storm out of out of the team. You know, I look at at uh, at Cabsy, and yeah, Cabsy should have scored more goals, but um, I don't think people have asked themselves why have all the chances fallen to Cabsy because he he makes it happen, and he's improved immensely. Uh, so at the end of it, you know, part of part of coaching and part of my role at this football club is. Uh, yeah, to try and win football games, absolutely, because you know we we want to we want to be challenging and we want to be in the top six and we want to play finals. Um, but given the circumstances, a big part of of the role is to improve players, certainly young players, um, to get them to to maybe perform above their value, uh, what they actually earn. Um, and we know if we do that, then we're going to have. You know, a better player, um, and 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 we're going to get uh, value for uh, you know for, for for what we pay. So um, 
you know that, that that's important and 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 that's satisfying. Uh, so again, you know, we're we're aware of 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 where we are in 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 that market, and and um, we just need to keep working hard to to ensure that uh, um, you know players continue to um, you know to progress uh, in our environment. Um, some fans have struggled to understand the timing of your substitutions, and they get a bit frustrated. Um, could you explain what goes into the thought process or the you know the the process of leading up to a substitution and what time is the appropriate time to do them? Um, you know some coaches uh, will uh, preempt what they're going to do in terms of their subs. Um, sometimes it happens to us uh, and sometimes it doesn't. Um, you know we have we have uh, issues with loading. Uh, regard in regards to players, so some players we know aren't going to be able to go longer than X minutes, let's say sixty mm-hmm. minutes. So uh, you, you you plan to make a sub at that time, um, but then other times you may lose a player who you thought uh, is going to get through ninety. You may lose them through injury, so then that obviously affects uh, uh, substitutions. Um, and one frustrating thing for us, uh, uh, for us coaches this season, is that we've Probably too often um, we've had players out there that haven't been able to go uh, the distance, um, and 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 you know that's probably um, affected some of the the timing of the substitutions, um, and you know it's it's yeah sometimes they do work, sometimes they don't, and after the game sometimes you think that you probably could have had got a player on earlier or a player on later. Um, you know, some players uh, suit um, coming on at different times against various oppositions. Um, you know, we've 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 seen when subs have worked and when they haven't. Um, but you know, in in all honesty, I think that uh, most of our substitutions have have made an impact this season when they've come on, regardless whether it's been for twenty minutes or a couple of minutes, and. Um, you know that's what we ask of our of our subs when they do come on is that they make an impact, um, but you know at the end when the result is not positive then there's always uh, you know going to be criticism of uh, why this player didn't come on and why that player probably went into it into a into a different position and and the selection of Daniel de Silva against Adelaide um, as a central midfielder. Um, and I, I remember that there was questions asked, um, you know, why Daniel did play in that position. Well, you know, Tom was coming from, I think, an injury of two weeks, so he was a little bit underdone. He didn't train mm-hmm. the whole week leading up to the Adelaide game. We, we knew it was a bit of a risk um, playing him, but we had to because we didn't have Walt uh, available. Um, so, you know, Daniel's, you know, he's clocking up over a 1,000 high-speed metres now. What does that mean? It means that, uh, that's a phenomenal effort in terms of uh, not only the distance he covers, but the speed that he covers those distances. So the more players that you can have uh, clocking up those numbers, the more chance you got of winning football games. So the decision to play Daniel as a six was to help Tom out in terms of uh, the work in there. Adelaide's a very, very fit team. Uh, and we knew Daniel was going away with the Olly Roos, so that mean, meant that we needed to find someone uh, 
that could play in Daniel's position. So hence why we said we'll, we'll play Daniel as a six and, and drop Hooley in as a ten because we may, in the month of January, have to use Hooley in that position or another player in that position. So um, there's a lot of thought that goes into uh, those sort of selections and substitutions, um, which may may not go noticed if uh, if you know if you're not aware of you know probably what happens during the week, and again at what fitness levels and loading levels uh, the squad is at. When it comes to substitutions and changing tactics on the fly during the game. So if I noticed on the game on the weekend, at the start of the second half, Sydney really started to come back in about the 50th minute mark up until the 60th until they got the goal. Is If you have a player that isn't rated for you know more than that half an hour, would it take priority to hold on until that player can come on to that, you know, that limited amount of time that they can have? Or would you risk putting them on first to try and control that game again? Yeah, that's a good question. Um... Again, it's it's difficult to plan that because you don't know how the game's going to go. Yeah. Um, you know, we you know we asked Daniel how he was feeling um, after the long trip, and and he was extremely tired. So we'd planned to use him no longer than fifteen minutes. Um, and you know, Lockie's numbers in NYL have been uh, incredible. Um, he's also been clocking up over a thousand high speed meters and. Um, but there's a big difference between NYL, the intensity of NYL and, and the intensity of A-League. So Lockie doesn't have 90 minutes um, under his belt at the moment. Um, you know, Blake Powell's not had a proper pre-season, although Powell is, you know, performing, we think, you know, quite good and, 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 and he's had a reasonable fitness level. Um, and Cabsy's, you know, again, at half-time, you know, we... You know, Boulder shows us the numbers of all the players, so we, we get an idea of where people might need to have a rest in the second half, and Cabsy was nearly up to 700 high-speed metres. Boys, that's abnormal. That's, that's, that's phenomenal. You know, that's world-class. Um, so you need to be careful there also because uh, the last thing you want is to have him on too long um, and risk that he's going to be injured do a hammy and then he's out for four weeks and then you don't have the player. So it's not that simple. Um, and, you, and, and, and in a game like that against Sydney where you can sort of see that they were getting a little bit on top of us, um, but we thought that if we could uh, sort of um, not hold them out and not be too defensive, but if we could weather that, that pressure that they were applying on us, um, we knew that we would come home strong with, with, our, uh, with, with the subs that we were going to make. Um, and in the end, you know, the sort of it sort of went that way, um, and we felt that uh, you know the players had come on. Um, you know, I felt that Daniel, Daniel, um, his influence we could see, you know, immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, even though Lockie, you know, Lockie had a great game. He did. Um, so a fresh press story links us uh, the club with an approach for Apostolos Giannou. Um, could you confirm if the club is actually interested and if he was to come to the coast, what would he bring to the team? Yeah, we're certainly interested. Um, you know, we had a conversation, or I had a conversation with uh, with Janu um, uh, actually before we signed Azrabal. Um, but he was, um, at that time, he was he was hoping to uh, to get more game time in China. Um, he wasn't thinking of coming back to the A-League. His, his preference uh, was... 
if he did move away from China, was to go back to, to go back to Europe. Um, so, I think uh, you know, with the World Cup coming up, he he needs to play football if he if he wants to have any chance of going to the World Cup. And you know, will he have that opportunity if he if he stays in China? Probably not. Um, if he goes to Europe right now, probably also not. So, you know, the A League is is certainly a good option for him, and 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 we can offer that opportunity. So. Uh, we are seriously interested, but at the end of it, at the end of the day, um, you know, it's it's down to his club, uh, you know, what what they want to do, and obviously the player. So, um, you know, hopefully we can um, we can entice him uh, to to uh, to join us uh, till the end of the season. But again, you know, we're not in control of that. We've um, you know we've put for, put forward our offer, our best offer. Um, and like everyone, um, we're you know, eagerly awaiting either a yes or a no um, as to whether or not he'll join us. So, mood in the camp. Um, after each match, you have indicated that there's uh, still plenty of belief in the team. How do you maintain that when things that have gone against us at times must have created a level of disappointment amongst the players? I guess uh, Saturday's a good example. That was a disappointing draw in the end because we probably thought that we could have jagged the game. How do you keep the players in the moment believing? Yeah, look, I that's probably been the, easy, the easiest part um, because, you know, as a player, you, you analyse the game yourself as well. Um, and you know, in every game this season, we've we've been super competitive, and we've been you know in with in with the chance of winning the game. Now, you know, a few times we've probably uh, contributed ourselves, obviously by by not um, taking our chances, uh, you know, dropping points. And there've been other moments where, unfortunately, uh, circumstances that we haven't been able to control. Uh, have cost us uh, have cost us as well. So, um, you know, we're we're very critical of ourselves when we go back and analyse the game um, and the way and the way we look at it. Uh, uh, we we always try and take the positives out of it um, because moving forward, that's that's a big part of of of, of what we're trying to do here, and that's constantly um, constantly improve uh, what we do good. Um, so, um, and at the end of it, yeah, yeah, we've certainly the last month I think's really um, confirmed the belief in in our performances and the fact that uh, um, you know against teams in the top six we've uh, we've certainly matched up against and 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 probably could have beaten. Uh, your two-year contract is up at the end of this season. Are you happy with the progression you've made in those two years? And are you going to sign on for next year? Um, certainly happy with, uh, you know, with the way the teams, uh, you know, played. Um, certainly happy with uh, the players that we, we were able to bring in this season. Um, you know, with so many players... Are. Sorry, we all are. With so many players coming off contract, um, I don't think people understand the difficulty and the challenges of going out and finding um, players that are going to fit the way you want to play and 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 complement um, the playing style, and obviously also 
trying to understand whether they'll fit into the team culture and, and the group and and uh, and and be good professionals. Um, you know, we brought in this season. Uh, I I'm probably a little bit biased, but you know, the best young talent in the last ten years of Daniel De Silva. Um, you know, I'm, you know, I, I I at the start when we were when when we you know sat down and spoke with Daniel. I didn't really believe it was possible, um, and it was a real proud moment for me to be able to bring Daniel De Silva to this football club. Um, you know, I think we we uh, you know we've brought some players in that have that have you know really helped us to to uh, to play better, to be a, a more competitive team, um, and you know, eighteen months when I when I uh, took my um, uh, first assignment, and that was an away trip to Canberra. Um, yeah, we stopped off in Goulburn, and the players got off the bus and 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 had something to eat, and sort of hid in the corner and and watched what they brought back onto the bus. And it seemed like uh, it was a ten-year-old uh, birthday party. Um, uh, no one no one knew knew at the club what their weight was. Um, no one knew what their skin folds were, and no one knew knew how fit they were. Um, so, you know, we ne- we've now got a professional environment where everyone's accountable. Um, we do regular testing, uh, and there's benchmarks and there's consequences if your skin folds are high, if you're not at the right fitness levels. Um, so there's no hiding, uh, which um, you know, from the environment and and uh, you know, from where I was coming from, there was there was uh, processes and they were uh, really stringent and and you know we've applied those uh, processes into this football club um, and. You know, given time, I think uh, we'll only see an improvement. But it's small steps, and and I do understand the frustration of uh, fans because uh, people want to turn up and see their team win, um, and we're no different. We want to turn up and 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 win for the supporters. But I think we also need to be um, realistic of of where we are, and and recognise. Uh, you know the improvements that uh, that we're making and that we need to make to continue to make to to once again uh, be in a position to play you know regular finals. How much does the style of play differ from when you were a footballer versus becoming a coach? Would you have preferred to play under the current Australian method, if you want to call it that? Yeah, look, the games amazingly fast these days uh, you know a lot is about transition and you'll and you'll see that uh, by the number of goals that are scored in transition um, that doesn't mean that um, teams are, are are defensive or set up to be defensive it's uh, it's just the way it is now and and you know Newcastle this season have are in second spot because of the transition moments and they've uh, really um, nailed it um, you know they they haven't needed eight eight opportunities to score or eight transition moments. It's like every time they transition, they end up they end up hitting the back of the net, and and um, you know that's a big reason why why they're up there. It's certainly not their style of play, and and that's a choice of Ernie and a choice of whoever makes that. Um, and and probably Sydney. Sydney's super de- dangerous in in transition, uh, but me personally, I have always. 
um, had that passion of having the ball and being in control. Um, you know, I, I even hate when I have to go to a haircut because I've got to sit there and I'm in control of the hairdresser. Um, so it's, you know, I see football as, uh, um, you know, having the ball and, and, and controlling your own destiny. Um, and ultimately, I, I, I believe that uh, that's also the best way to, uh, to improve young, young football players. Um, so uh, anyone can sit behind the ball and, and, and take off uh, when the opposition loses it. But, you know, there's a certain amount of difficulty of trying to dominate the opposition, certain amount of difficulty to break down teams. Um, and, again, it's, uh, you know, I, I don't think certainly the style of play or the fact that, uh, you know, we, are a, we, we have a clear playing style, we're a, we're a position-based team, uh, that we that it's uh, you know stopped us from creating opportunities to to score goals. I think off the back of that we have created those opportunities. You know where it's clear as mustard that you know we haven't we haven't scored those opportunities, um, and that's an area that that uh, that certainly needs to be fixed. Okay. Uh, there's been a lot of speculation about who's going to have the Socceroos job. Arnie's now pulled out. Do you have any thoughts on who should take that job? Do you want it? Yeah, no, no. No, it's not for me, absolutely <laughs> not. Um, yeah, look, I, I I don't really understand the the the, the, the thought process of it. Uh, I think it's clear or it's, it's sort of uh, become clear over the past couple of days uh, that Arnie will probably get the job post-World Cup. Um, I don't understand well, why give it to a foreigner for potentially three games, three group games, if, yeah. if we don't get through, um, which hopefully we do, and then hand it over to Arnie or a local coach. I, I think let him take the team to the World Cup um, and already start uh, working with uh, the players um, that you know that he will work with after uh, it anyway. After yeah. it anyway. So yeah, I don't know if there's a bit of you know public perception in it. What what the public want, um, but you know I think that uh, there should be enough football expertise uh, amongst the decision makers to understand uh, that it's you know if if you're going to give it to Arnie. Give it to him now. Don't wait until after the World Cup. Mm. <clears throat> Speaking of Arnie, he's mentioned before that he doesn't feel the league, the A-League, is designed for, um, or it shouldn't be used as a, a hotbed for breeding through young talent. What are your thoughts on that comment? And do you feel like part of the focus of the A-League should be on breeding young talent? Oh, from our perspective, absolutely. Um, but you know, Is that due to our budget? But maybe, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, no, it, it is. Um, no, and yeah, he's he has two marquee players. Uh, they're earning over two million dollars, so that's um, you know close to what what uh, what the salary cap is, I guess. Mm. Um, so you know, I guess he can make that comment because he has uh, the budget to. Um, to go out and, and, and spend big and uh, 
and get players who can uh, perform the way they have over the past uh, the past two seasons. Uh, you know, I, I, I think there is a there is a responsibility for A League clubs to uh, to help produce young Australian players. Um, you know, each club can can field five foreign players, so with ten teams, uh, it leaves um, the opportunity for fifty Australians per round uh, to get game time, um, which is which is not an, not enough. It's certainly not enough. So, um, you know, in the end, I guess it it comes down to also what uh, you know, what's inside you, what what you know, what you believe in. Um, now, some coaches are, are uh, you know, at times during the season are forced to play young players because, uh, because of injuries, um, because of, uh, you know, the way the salary cap is, I, I, I guess, um, and, the, and the small number of players you can have on a roster. Um, but, you know, from our perspective, um, you know, we could probably be, let's say we're in the top six, um, but no one, we weren't able to give the opportunity to Lockie Wales. You know, f- how would how would that sit amongst amongst you know everyone on the coast? The fact that Lockie's got that opportunity and he's done um, superbly well, I think, for me, equals a position right now in the top six. Um, and you know, the, the 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 challenge for us is to to have more of those um, examples. Um, because we we do we do genuinely feel that um, that can help the club financially, um, but in the long run, it's you know we're going to have a, a better team if we can um, continue to uh, uh, to develop those players into you know regular A League players for uh, for this football club. It's a tough one, isn't it? Because we really. Where do these kids get developed if they don't get developed in the A-League? The next step down the ladder is the NYL. They're playing eight games a year. I'd rather see um, new players coming through, such as Wales, instead of the merry-go-round of players. That I, I Personally, I feel the A-League is getting a bit stale. Just, you know, you see... You know, you look at Perth and you go, oh, that player used to play for X, Y, Z. That other player used to play for... Oh, how Jewelbridge has played, what, three games of the victory, but he signed back at Perth for the next season. It's sort of... Do you feel that hinders the A-League at all? Look, I know it's it's just on Melling. It's, it's, you know, it's a tough one because at certain stages in the season when that happens, um, the easy thing is to take a player who uh, has experience, a player who um, you know can do a job for you immediately, or do you give the opportunity to a young kid who may not be physically ready um, and will certainly need some time to uh, maybe not to adjust but will will need some time to get familiar to to everything um, and sometimes coaches don't have time to do that because you know, if they lose another game or uh, they don't make the finals you know then they may not be there any longer so mm-hmm. That's the other side of Arnie's comments, isn't it? You know, I, I, that, that his job disappears really quickly yeah. if he's not successful. That's different at different clubs. Um, and uh, so he does come at it from the point of view of um, it's important for him to win every game, otherwise his job's on the line more than just about any coach other than perhaps Kevin Musket in the league, really, isn't it? Yeah. 
tough one. Um, updates on Payne and Brahma. Yeah, they're both um, running, running quite good. Uh, yeah, they're both hamstring injuries. Uh, Waltz is more coming from his back. Um, you know, Payne definitely, you know, probably another another two weeks, I'd say. Um, but Brahma, there's a good chance he could be back um, for Saturday's game. But um, yeah, we won't be taking any any risks there. He was close last week. Last weekend, he was. He probably he probably would have started had he um, ticked all the boxes, but he he wasn't he wasn't a hundred percent sure. And and the last thing you want to do in in a game like that away to Sydney is have someone out there who's only going at seventy percent. So mm-hmm. we prefer not to risk him. Um, but we have we, we we have a real stringent sort of process that that uh, players need to uh, complete a number of sessions uh, at a hundred percent before games. Um, because it's just, it's too big a risk, uh, and you know, well, such as Roy, come back too early and he's gone. So yeah, yeah, it's a really good example that one. Yeah. Um, now we're going to dive into some fans' questions. So this could be a bit hit and miss. This would be fun. Yes. Right. The first one is from Harry Jacketgate McDougal. <laughs> you remember Harry? You remember Harry? Uh, will I, Will I be expecting to see him at Plume again this coming winter? He misses our chats. <laughs> Your chance. Harry wants to see me a plume. <laughs> he can't wait. <laughs> Harry can come to the COE. <laughs> He's always no welcome. On your bike, mate. Mm. As an invite from the coach. Mm. And he can explain the hashtag Ocon out that he's, <laughs> that he's been pumping. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. I'm not sure what his explanation is. I'd love to buy him a be. coffee. Yeah, I'd like to hear that explanation, actually. Uh, sometimes it appears our players are reluctant to shoot, Correct. Espe- especially from outside the box. Is this part of the game plan? No, absolutely not. Uh, um, you know, Tom's probably one of them that uh, he's had opportunities to shoot, and he can. He can shoot. Um, yeah, sometimes it's a confidence thing. Other times, uh, you know, they they may see a better option, um, but. You know, there's it's there's no uh, instruction um, not to shoot. That's for sure. So we we encourage it as as much as possible. Um, so it feels like we struggled to sort of put the ball in the back of the net a few times this season. Um, how much emphasis is there on training uh, with finishing? There's a lot of emphasis. <laughs> um, we try to do as as much as possible of it. Um, you know, we would we would like not to have restrictions, but you know, now it's very, very hot, um, so we, we bring training uh, forward earlier to, to avoid a lot of exposure to the sun, um, and, you know, given the amount of games that we've had in a short space of time, we've reduced our loading, so uh, the amount of time that we train, and, and sometimes we can't, we can't fit it in as much as we'd like, but we, we, certainly, we certainly do work on it. Um, you know, the day before the game, we spend... Uh, time on on our crossing and finishing uh, and in, in most of our uh, main part of our session um, we 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 have games where uh, players can't defend in certain areas to give repetition to our uh, strikers and wingers that they're unopposed to cross the ball and finish um, so we do half and half at the start we allow them that that unopposed finish to get repetition to get confidence and then the last part 
obviously we make it opposed like in a game, so they have to make decisions on where they where do they cross. They cross in the air, they cut back, and how they finish. Um, so, don't worry, we <laughs> we share the frustration, but we're certainly not uh, um, not trying to do anything about it. Um, there's been a lot of speculation about Hull losing his place as a set piece taker. Now, last week we speculated that um, Yardier wasn't taking them just to sort of reduce his high impact. Is that right? Correct, yeah. You know, Tom's had some issues. <laughs> Tom's had some issues. ITK. Yeah, Tom's had some issues with his hip. Um, so we don't, we don't want to overload him with that responsibility. Yep. Um, and unfortunately, Hooley's set pieces... Um, at times, haven't haven't been great. Um, whenever he played against us last year, that was that was superb. That was absolutely superb. Um, so, you know, he can he can deliver a set piece. Uh, we saw that against Sydney FC in round six, the goal that Jake McGing scored. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did see what Lockie Wiles can do on set pieces. So not bad, was so, it? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, not really bad, liked it. Yeah, excellent. So <laughs> Lockie's. Lockie actually was surprised when he was given the the task of delivering set pieces, um, but you know he's he's delivered them well and and um, don't worry fans he's going to keep delivering them. Yeah, more please. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of set pieces, I think there's a lot of fans that are not happy with short corners. Um, is there a few? Have you got a few tactics to? For short corners, and or are they? Is it the players' choice to do those? Yeah, short the players. Corners? The players' choice. Uh, I think we saw two on uh, on Saturday night, and even we were asking, um, you know, what the hell's going on? Um, but we have one short corner variation where uh, the ball actually ends up in the box. Um, we haven't done it uh, too many times this season, um, but. No, most of our corners or all of our corners, we want to go directly into uh, into the box. So on this podcast, all the players have spoken, I think every single one of them has spoken really highly of your passion for football, uh, often citing you as the main reason for wanting to play at the Mariners. How do you foster relationships with the team? Um, just talk us through a bit of your style with the players. Yeah. Um, are you their mate or their no, look, hard-driving I'm, boss uh, or hard-driving um, boss? Or a bit of both? Yeah, look, uh, <laughs> you know, a number of these players, uh, you know, I I know because I've coached them at at, at, um, at international level, at Young Soccer level and Oli, and Oli Roos level. So that obviously, um, you know, that obviously helps because you, you, you have a better understanding of, of their ability and and, uh, and how they are as, uh, as young men. Um you know, I, I, you know, I certainly don't try to copy any particular style. Um, you know, I, as a player, played under a number of coaches. You know, big coaches that had um, all different ways of of a coaching and and b dealing with uh, um, dealing with players. Uh, you know, I have very high standards. Um, you know, the players know that um, that they can approach me. I'm very approachable. Um, love to have a joke, uh, but. Um, you know they understand that training is is about turning up every day, wanting to become better, um, and not because they're paid to be professionals. It's it goes more than that, and and um, you know 
again, you know, those players that uh, you know that I've worked with before, uh, I expect them to uh, uh, you know through their actions and the way they and the way they train and conduct themselves, uh, you know, to make it clear to everyone what is expected, uh, um, you know, every day here at the football club. Um, could you talk us through the, the thought process behind the signing of Jacob Melling? I think there are a few fans that were sort of confused as we seem to have a pretty good depth in the DM position already. What was the what was your explanation behind the signing of him? Yeah, look, uh, um, you know, I, I'm, it's been a bit unfortunate for Jacob because, uh, you know, he left Adelaide, um, went to Melbourne City, didn't get uh, much game time there. Um, there was a period where he was playing regular football for, for Melbourne City, hence why um, uh, the Wanderers signed him. Um, but he had, you know, real strong competition in that in those number six uh, spots. Um, you know, Dimas was captain and, and you know, Kieran Backus was, was playing very well, so his game time was limited. Um, but, you know, Jacob brings... Not only is he a good footballer, and he's a very good passer of the ball, and I hope everyone saw that on, on Saturday night. But Yeah, he played well on he's, Saturday night. He's uh, very tenacious. Um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a fit, strong uh, young boy who uh, is, is very aggressive and gives us, offers us something different to, to what we have uh, in that position. So, um, you know, I can understand... Uh, uh, the questions at the time about why we signed a defensive midfielder when everyone is asking for a striker that's worth $2 million and that's going to score 20 goals. Um, but we all know that that's, that's a bit too far from our reach uh, and um, we just felt that we needed uh, a more physical presence in midfield, um, you know, sort of moving to the back end of, of, of the season. Uh, Brisbane seemed to keep, to be coming back into form. Have we got a game plan set for this week coming, or hey, do you play your game plan? Or are you going to change to suit them? Uh, no, certainly when we've got the ball, um, there's yeah you know, we don't we don't change from week to week. Uh, we we have a look at where we think if we can get the ball into a certain area uh, that uh, we can be dangerous. Um, it's more, um, you know, where we what we need to do uh, when when we lose the ball. Um, you know, they're, they're they're more of the adjustments that we make uh, week to week, depending on the opposition. But when we've got the ball, uh, we always try and you know build up if possible. Um, and it's the tweaks are very minimal. Um, you know, it. it, it it may, um, you know, as a supporter or a fan, you, you may think, oh, you know, you need to do this and that and change it every week, and it doesn't work like that. Um, and I, I have heard about this thing that we don't have a plan B, we only have a plan A. Um, you know, we do have a plan B, and that's to do plan A better. Um, and and we do we do make small adjustments, but maybe they're not visible, or maybe people don't don't notice. Um, you know, and there's a reason why uh, we play with a ten and an inverted winger because most teams play with two sixes, so we want to overload that area. Mm-hmm. Um, of late, we've we're allowing our inverted winger to play also on the outside to give opposition fullbacks 
a bit more, uh, you know, to have to make decisions whether they come in uh, and front defend. Um, we have seen that uh, a lot of teams' centre-backs will front defend against our two uh, pocket players, um, which then means that we can go in behind and we've had a little bit of success. So, you know, we the, the way we're sort of set up is ask it does ask questions of the opposition and we find that they're changing the way they play according to what we're doing. So, um, you know, we, we need to we need to do better at, at uh, um, in in playing our our system. Um, but we do we do make adjustments. Um, it's just that maybe uh, people think, you know, the adjustment is or why don't you go four four two, or why don't you go with a back five or back three and play with wing backs? Um, you know, we 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 think that uh, with our playing group how, and sorry, with having how, and how with much having work is that to change? I can imagine it'd be quite a bit. Yeah, look, you have to we we reprogram the squad. We we only get twenty five minutes of tactical work a week into mm. the players um, first day back. It's no one does tactics on first day back because the players need to start up the engine uh, and they're mentally not tuned to listen to tactics. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next day is our conditioning day where we need to get some work into the players. And again, um, it's really hard to do if you're going to do a tactical session because tactical sessions are stop, start, you need to be here, that's your positioning, think of this, think of that. Uh, the opponent may make that run or we need to get the ball into that area and that's stop, start. So... You can't do that on a conditioning day. And then the following day is a day off. Players need to recover. And then you've got a two-day lead into a game. So you only have 25 minutes on a Thursday if you're playing on a Saturday where you make those adjustments. So if, you know, to change it dramatically, you don't have much time. Yeah. So it's about... I just wanted to give you the chance to... Yeah, no, it's that. about, it's about you know, doing better what you do we do we do make adjustments it's just that you know the 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 fan probably thinks that the adjustments are you change the whole system and you know i don't think many teams in the a league do that we've seen wellington play with a back five they they've stopped doing it now once burns has come in and 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 Luic is is in there now i think they that was a sort of stopgap for two weeks until they were able to get um two new players in um you know, most teams most teams won't won't change. Um, you know the the f- the formation. It'll be um, just some tweaks within that. With be it rotations, one of the sixes will drop in to play out as a back three, but that doesn't change the formation. It's just in certain moments mm-hmm. that um, uh, the the formation changes, but it's maybe only just. When the, when they're building up. Now I'm trying to remember the game on the weekend. I was actually drinking, so Cabsy started off on the right hand side, didn't he? Did he start the game the second half on the left? I'm trying to remember. No, he did. Because I know he was on the left quite a bit. Yeah, no, no. I, from what I remember, he started on the right. Yeah. Um, and then they decided to uh, to swap. Um, and in the end. Uh, Cabsy was the one who um, you know, had that cutback, you know, to Hooley. Uh, and if he does, 
than no, visibly upset. I think Hulu yeah. was visibly upset that he yeah. didn't get the ball there. So yeah. how much say do the players have in that as they're playing? Like, because I know on say on on a Sunday league when we were playing, we might say, yeah, let's just switch here and cut in. Do do they have that decision themselves, or do you sort of like get in their ears and? No, a lot of the responsibility once you're on the field has to fall with with the players, mm-hmm. um, and you know, Cabsy moved out onto the left, and our our number eleven is high and wide. He has to give us the width, uh, and that right winger, uh, when the ball is on the left side, he's got to come across into the pocket, um, and and uh, Hooley felt more comfortable, you know, doing that. Um, so, again, it's they both can play on either side, um, and we just allowed them whichever they felt comfortable in that moment, uh, and we probably would be um, applauding it had Cabsy, um, you know, made that cutback because Cabsy has, you know, he's more dangerous running in behind uh, and playing high and wide probably um, forces you to make uh, runs in behind and that's exactly what he did and got played in by Lockie and probably should have crossed Got his head up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we've said that a couple of times. Anyway. Oh, well, thank you for joining us this week, Paul. We appreciate it, mate. No, pleasure. Um, Look, I think that, uh, again, we do think that we should be winning more football games. We definitely should be higher up the ladder. Um, But... You know, I think we need to understand where we are as a football club and um, and continue to to perform and uh, and compete in every game and and uh, and uh, and win. Here, here. Yep. Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you.